This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beat the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime comics, movies and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah back and banged up i'll tell you why so this will answer the question of why am i doing this on a monday this is uh june 27 2022 a monday which normally this show uh, gets played on sunday so here's the situation real quick not going to take too much time, but you'll find this funny. So basically, I actually decided to take a break Sunday, a mental me break. I mean, let's be real. There was a lot that went on last week that just changed the landscape of the United States of America. You know, this is for those who are not living in this country that are listening to the show. Um, and, you know, say what you will. What happened last week? affected women all over the United States. But if you're really smart and understand the situation, it affects everybody. And this could be the beginning of something really bad. So pondering on all that, I decided to take a mental me break and just, you know, try to recollect, recollect everything. You know, I got a new bike. I decided like, why not just go on a road trip, you know, reach that 50 mile again. And that didn't exactly happen. I did reach a high mileage uh, yesterday. I uh, reached up to, I think, like 42 or 44 or something like that. Just getting there until I crashed and burned <laughs> on the road. And you see, if you're hearing this, I'm laughing because I'm OK to an extent. Um, I did fly off my brand new bike. I Basically, I'm be real. I'm going to be totally real about this. I got distracted and saw something that 
took my mind off not seeing this little small pole in the way that I normally do see when I go in this direction. And it was too little too late. And I knew this was coming. So this is not my first, you know, crash and burn situation. And whenever I know, expect something coming in a second's notice, I kind of prepare for the fall in somewhat way. Cause knowing that I got a book bag on me full of like stuff like my iPad and my iPhone is, I got to figure out like, okay, this is happening. How's this going to go? I had some ways of controlling the fall at best. So I was able to get up, you know, and I had my helmet on and everything. Thank goodness. Um, I was able, nothing, it, surprisingly, nothing was damaged. Not my bike. And by the way, I, I, you know, money was well spent on that bike. I mean, that was a, that's a G plus bike that I spent on it. It better hold. There was no dents. Wheels was okay. All that was great. I'm, yeah, I got more hurt than the, than the bike. Um, iPad, iPhone, all that okay. And shout out to Apple because, like, when you get into accidents like that and you saw the, you see the commercials. Your, your app, if you were in an Apple Watch, the latest one, it will ask you if you're okay. And if you're not answering, they will call the paramedics and find your ass. And that's what it did. Luckily, I was coherent and, you know, cognitive enough to actually put it on and say, like, I'm okay. But then it keeps asking you just to make sure. All right, you say you're okay, but are you okay or injured? Or can we still, we need to still call the, you know, paramedics? And, you know, kudos to them. I was fine. I was able to actually make the trip back, but not unscathed because my hamstring, I pulled my hamstring a bit. I kind of like bruised it. So it wasn't to the point that I couldn't walk or even ride the bike back, but it was a nice little painstaking 22 mile ride back home with this leg, with this bum leg like this. So the leg is healing. I got KT tape on it. I'm good. But nonetheless, I was not going to be able to do the show uh, yesterday. So that's pretty much what happened in that situation. So I'm okay, but we got to get to some news and what better way to take away from what everything happened last week than to talk about our favorite fandoms. And this whole purpose of this show is to take us away from the reality of things and focus on our favorite fandoms, enjoy ourselves for a little bit. So in the next hour or so, that's exactly what we're going to do. So folks, I feel you. I know you're there and I know there's something that you're going through. That's what I'm here for. That's what ACMG presents talk time live is here for. And we're going to do just that. So we got a lot of big news to talk about and some thoughts on some shows that I watched uh, last week. And on the top of the hour, the talk topic of the week, I'm going to review Beavis and Butthead do the universe. And man, um, this was the this was the review I was looking forward to because this was going to get me to do a trial for Paramount Plus. And I was like, if all the times I'm going to go to Paramount Plus and, you know, check out what they have. It wasn't Halo, which, by the way, we will be talking about that because I did binge that um, during the trial. So I will definitely get my thoughts on not only Divas and Butthead do the universe, but I'm going to get my non fan thoughts on Halo, the series as well. So let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG.
right, folks, we got to talk about the biggest fan base news of the week. Uh, came in yesterday and it was announced via Screen Rant uh, producer and also via IGN and other reports have been uh, talking about this. Kevin Feige has confirmed that Marvel Studios is returning to San Diego Comic-Con. I cannot tell you how huge this is. And if you don't really understand the, the uh, level of hype this is going to bring, this is huge. This is the marquee event for San Diego Comic-Con, okay? Um, with it, I hate to say it, but without Marvel Studios being at San Diego Comic-Con, it's not the same. It's still a really big event, but it's like missing. It's Thanksgiving without the turkey, but you got all the trimmings and everything around it, but you have no turkey. That is pretty much what Marvel Studios is in this format. If I can, you know, make any analogy towards that. Um, they were out for a few years and they were, you know, doing their announcements and everything at D23 and, you know, COVID and all the stuff. So I mean, we're going to run down all that real quick. But Kevin Feige has confirmed during a press conference for Thor Love and Thunder that the studio will once again return to the place that made they made famous. And that is Hall H. Um, Marvel Studios decided to skip San Diego Comic-Con to pursue D23 to make their own announcements at Disney's annual event for a few years. Um, that This left San Diego Comic-Con without, you know, a main attraction. And, to, you know, basically that was the main attraction. That was what literally people were standing in lines for a very long time for days on end just to see. And, oh man, I remember the years when they didn't have it. I forgot what filled the place of um hall h at the time but it didn't nearly level up to that I, I felt bad for the people of like 2019 who had to go to san diego comic-con there was no marvel presence there horrible or was it 18 no it was 18 i believe um they yeah they left out in 2018 but decided to return in 2019 to reveal uh what was it the phase four projects coming including the insert this is when they announced the eternals blade falcon and the winter soldier all of the disney plus shows that we're seeing now wandavision uh doctor strange in the multiverse of madness hawkeye loki what if uh and now love and thunder which is going to be premiering um in a course of two weeks from now and it's amazing like back then we we were just hyped we saw the logos of these events and we're actually seeing all we've now seen virtually every one of these shows with the except in movies with the exception of blade and thor love the thunder which is coming and then black panther uh wakanda forever which is coming later this year as well so we never got a chance to see any of those as of yet um you know in terms of like um the upcoming movies we um of course we're now watching miss marvel we're gonna see a moon knight like all of those shows all of them finally came into fruition but thor love and thunder is coming next week Blade is soon to be coming to Fantastic Four as well. Um, what else? Uh, and uh, there's some other ones, Ironheart and stuff like that. So we're, we're still in a miss. She-Hawk is coming in August. So we're finally getting to see what was announced ages ago. And it let's be real, it did not disappoint. They said it was coming, it came, and it met expectations beyond people's expectations, especially just Miss Marvel. We'll, t we'll definitely talk about Miss Marvel this week's episode, but that was another one much like the guardians of the galaxy where you were skeptical as to how this is going to be you got an actress who you know this is her very first role ever kudos to the casting <laughs> the casting director who's done all the casting for everybody just 
they just it, it's it's an art form to be they they make it an art form to cast okay and that's all i'm gonna say about that um so they end up skipping some of the some of the events 2020 of course COVID happened and they canceled all events you know everywhere for that um and let's just talk about the hype for hall h real quick and i you know i've talked about hall h every single time i cover news from san diego comic-con because i've attended in 2015 and 17 and it's an amazing thing even if you didn't even if you didn't like actually attend the event like if i, I went to san diego comic-con twice and i actually did say that i was going to go on hall h the second time i i went i i, I chickened out do you know why because and I actually have a video that I made in 2015 of my first trip to San Diego Comic-Con. And in this, you can find it on my YouTube page, um, which is, uh, what is my YouTube page now <laughs> these days? It is at, uh, it's Viewfinders ISAD. That is my uh, YouTube page. If anybody wants to follow that and subscribe, all of my videos are up there and all of the talk time live interviews and everything is there as well amongst other content that is not on talk time live as well so you can follow that too but nonetheless um i did a video covering you know my first uh trip to san diego comic-con and it was interesting when i rewatched that recently like one i came a long way in terms of being able to film and production not to mention the, the, the camera quality that i have now came a long way two it just really is really interesting to see um what it looked like back then and what it is now today with everything that is happening with the pandemic and all that stuff it's just amazing i mean it's just floods of people at this place but nonetheless when it comes to hall h for those who don't know hall h is not just a place that you know place that you can go in and watch panels it is the place to go in and watch panels let alone marvel marvel studios you know announcements live as they're announcing them in real time you not only get to see that you'll get to see the stars of the of the event like this was the event i don't know if people remember where and in, in, in the the very event where i said i was i'm going to san diego comic-con is when tom hiddleston uh hiddleston dressed up as loki came out in character and had the crowd in the palm of his hands and i was like oh my god i want to be there and then when i went there i found out what it takes to be there because to get into hall h there is a mile long line of people hundreds of people not just 100 hundreds of people waiting in line not just waiting in line but they are actually camping out to get a badge to get a bracelet or whatever to get in to hall h it's one thing because you got you know you got your badges and everything but you guys you got to wait out to get like bracelets or whatever like that to get inside and then here's the deal once you're in hall h that is it you're not to go outside because if you go you're losing your spot so you're in it for the long haul on that day so people literally have been camping out or literally do camp out of hall h so here's the bad part you can you can wind up getting in but you may be sitting next to somebody who doesn't care about their hygiene 
and stuff like that. So you gotta, you, it's it's a it's kind of a gamble <laughs> on that note. But again, once you're in, you get to enjoy all of the big announcements. Sometimes some exclusive stuff that will not be seen anywhere. And this is gonna be interesting. And you know, it's gonna be interesting to see how Repop is gonna come off of this. I know that they there are people that'll be there. And they're gonna, you know, keep an eye on it. So, um, it's gonna be very interesting to see how New York Comic Con is gonna, you know, combat this because I don't know if they have access to Marvel like that, and I don't believe they do. And they have access to, I think they have more access to DC than Marvel. You know, and you know, we know the state of the DC film universe. That's not exactly the best thing in the world. So hopefully, they can get some marvel aspect of their of their um shows i would really love for that to happen especially because i'm going to uh new york comic con again and i i enjoyed myself so much last year um for my first time ever in new york comic con that i the only last time i felt that good and i've been to other conventions before and none of them a lot of them are just like you know low tier you know conventions they're still fun but they don't have the financial backing or the budget to, you know, overproduce with San Diego uh, Comic Con or New York Comic Con or Repop or be are able to do. I haven't had that much fun since San Diego Comic Con. Like I, people have told me that like New York Comic Con was legit as big as San Diego. Um, yeah, they weren't lying, and I know I know really now more than ever how big repop is you know getting the chance to work with them and see how they work and do things and everything and you know love those guys i really love those guys and what they do I, it's an honor to really be able to be a part of what just a little part of what they were able to do even in the smallest section and get a chance to experience the hard work that they put into this man because it's awesome and they do a phenomenal job with that but you know It'll be interesting to see how, because they do, the Javits Center has two new huge arenas as big as, uh, virtually as big as, oh, excuse me, Hall H. I would be interested in seeing how they're going to do this and what they're going to do. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. But um, amongst all of this, Kevin Feige also announced that um, the next big saga will be revealed in the next coming months. And a lot of people have a lot of speculations. Is it going to be Kang the Conqueror? Is it going to be somebody else? You know, we'll see. We will see. But um, I think it's going to be, I think it's still going to be Kang the Conqueror. But what is going to be, that's going to be the thing. Like, it could be Secret Wars. Could It could be a, because they're dealing with the multiverse situation. Like the second Secret Wars, not the first, Secret Wars, uh, <laughs> I would say the third, because the original Secret Wars came out in the comics ages ago, but that was something totally different with the Beyonder and all the stuff. They had a second Secret Wars 2 that came out, didn't really live up. Then later on recently, the last, they've kind of rebooted the Secret Wars story. And what they did basically was kind of based it on a multiverse type of situation. So they could base it on the recent Secret Wars book and then change it around and make Kang the Conqueror or even Dr. Doom if he ever makes his, you know, you know, uh, appearance somewhere in the, in the uh, MCU. We'll see. 
we will see but uh this is huge because uh we're, we're gonna learn a lot more in july when that comes oh it's gonna be awesome we're gonna get we're gonna be talking about some great news coming from what's come of that uh deal again there probably will be an episode just dedicated to san diego comic-con announcements and news period because there's so much news when marvel is there there's so much news that comes out of this that it takes up the entire show and then it extends anything else that i add on there so i'm just gonna make it the whole rundown of that possibly if, the, if it is gonna be what we're gonna see and the announcements and the trailers or whatnot and i hope also that like companies like sony will decide that you know they want to come back to e3 in some form or fashion I, I don't know why marvel studios decided that they wanted to dedicate themselves back to san diego comic-con again um could be the audience could be the amount of people the the hype or whatever like that and maybe d3 just wasn't cutting it who knows um not d3 d23 i should say maybe it just wasn't cutting it in terms of you know attendance and all this stuff but because not many people are known to want to go to florida you know to go see this or, or whatever i think it was in florida or california or whatever but it's you know it's stretching a it's stretching it thin it's stretching the wire thin when it comes to trying to make everybody make their own thing dc like they need to stop with the fandom put all their you know eggs on new york comic-con or saying like do whatever but like it or, there's also ballroom 20 which is the second biggest hall in the san diego convention center as well so i mean that that place is huge so like ballroom 20 is is nothing to sneeze about it is a huge huge you know um theater room that they have at there and they also have really big uh panels in there as well which means hall h is like probably two times bigger that is big um bigger than ballroom 20 or whatever like maybe three to four who knows um because i still have yet to go into that place yet but this is gonna be a try i i still can't wait for this this is awesome but like i said like sony sony is to e uh to e3 as marvel is to san diego comic-con when, when sony decided to just do their own thing it it took the momentum away from e3 as well as nintendo and all those other guys i don't know what the politics is with that and why they did that but they need to go back they really need to go back it, it's it, I, I think just for the benefit of all fans we want to celebrate all of you know our favorite fandoms in one spot you know so hopefully they'll make that decision to do that next year too e3 is expected to come back will sony come back with it we'll see because without it it's just not the same so all right let's move on to my thoughts on the umbrella academy season three got a chance to watch the uh new season of crazy now you talk about the multiverse of madness nobody does it like the umbrella uh, academy seriously like dr strange and, and, and multiverse of madness is dope but there are some things on this show that just it's just borderline by the way i miss mary j blige in this show too and i knew she was only there for one season but she was awesome on there it, it, it would have been cool to see if uh, she's coming back if she would make a comeback or you know it's always hope because uh spoiler alert if you've seen the end there's more to come so all right let's talk about one of the biggest focuses on the show period and that was elliot page uh his real life factor his real life basically factored into the character vanya who now becomes victor and i love this because 
like Elliot did her uh, did his whole entire transformation on this show and, and complete with really cool looking haircut that really fit Elliot really well. So for those who don't know, Elliot Page, formerly known as Ellen Page, who you may know from uh, Juno, who you may know from uh, as Kitty Pride on uh, oh, X-Men, the X-Men, uh, these uh, Brian Singer X-Men series. Well, actually, more or less, um, she came in on X3, if I'm correct. But nonetheless, Elliot has been going through some situations and, uh, you know, in the past and has come to terms with his choice to feel more and become the person that Elliot is today. And that is Elliot Ellen felt like that she was more man or male than female and decided to be recognized as such changing his name to now Elliot. It is what it is. And guess what? It also doesn't matter. That's what Elliot wants to do. That's what Elliot wants to do. And they supported it in this show. Beautifully, I might add. Um, it was really awesome how they did that because this is something that I guarantee was not something that they were prepared for in the comics. And they, <coughs> it, it was never in the comics, believe me. It was because uh, Vanya has been that character. Excuse me. But just for this show, just for Elliot, and, so, and showing support, they changed the character. I thought that was the coolest thing ever because a lot of times people don't like to make changes to the franchises, but when it, it takes a very special person to want to do that for. And it just speaks volumes of Elliot's caliber, the person that he is and, and whatnot. It's, it's really awesome. And it's also supporting what is going on today. And, and in of all, of all times, Pride Month, that they do this on this is perfect in all aspects so the gang found themselves not only in another timeline this time but another universe where a new superhero family exists in the form of the sparrow academy also formed by their father reginald who is just the worst father ever you know we have father's day too he's he should be in a mix of the worst fathers ever absolutely um in this timeline in universe i should say ben is alive and he is also a member of the sparrows diego uh and he's nowhere near as like cool as the ben from their time like he's he's a total prick in this one he also wants to take leadership from the number one uh, of the sparrow academy as well so diego discovers that he is um going to be a father to layla's child and those two have been going to have a really off base, crazy relationship since last season as well. Luther falls in love with Sloan, who is a part of the Sparrow Academy. Like she is hot as hell. I'm, I'm not gonna, she's just ridiculously hot. Um, so those two get together and actually have um, a bit of a relationship there. And while also trying to come to terms with his disdain for Reginald, his father, for all the things that he's done to him in the past like reginald has experimented on these kids consistently <laughs> it is just crazy allison is experiencing some form of ptsd like trauma after not only just having to leave her family from another timeline if you guys remember she was in the 60s but also dealing with the racial you know abuse 
of the 60s and you know she was a part of a lot of protests and everything like that and stuff i can't imagine this is fictional but i can't fathom and imagine having to be sent back to that time that is a scary thing and having to deal with the thing and this is why people are so afraid of you know what's happening now in a sense because you know we don't want to go back to that we don't we 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 need to learn from that to become better that's pretty like not to vilify anybody of the past that had i mean anybody in the future that had nothing to do with the past just to learn and evolve that is all and just to experience that man oh i felt bad for her and i almost understand how her character is changing and developing almost to a villain because of this stuff and nobody's really she's not what is not happening in this in this season is that people are not really helping her or try to seek some type of mental um you know some type of mental health you know uh precautions with her because they're in the middle of trying to save the world trying to get back to their timeline trying to get things back in order again and in the middle of this is like none of these guys are qualified to help her out because she because they're they're going through their craziness as well and some of them are just unfit to help her and the one person who probably can is a sociopath <laughs> best so she's handling and handling her grief in all sorts of really negative and violent ways and such like that and it's just really crazy in this in this season klaus is searching for answers about his real mom who just happens to be an amish woman number five is looking for uh looking to figure out how they could get back to their own timeline and fix what was broken along with trying to find out how all their mothers were killed before they were born so which is a total mystery there and of course they all have to stop the world from being destroyed this time by a black hole forming in the basement of the sparrow headquarters which their robot mom seems to believe that this is a this is god talking and i thought that part was just really really creepy and weird and crazy so this season was just awesome as always it never disappoints great acting great performances all around and um looks like we're gonna get more coming too there's a lot to happen i don't want to spoil it for anybody but there is more to come and deservedly so this uh show was number one on netflix and guaranteed we're gonna see more from this so good job you know netflix stopped they they gave up on the marvel you know stuff i don't know why still to this day today they gave up on the marvel stuff but they decided to go elsewhere they looked for dark horse they looked for other you know um other people other places to go they found it they got their they got their stuff now they got a little bit of dc they got a little bit of dark horse they got a little bit of everything in here now so they're keeping with the comic book uh themed shows for us and i'm never more happy for that so i added this you know next show that i'm recommending on because i got a chance my wife and i got a chance to see it yesterday it is borderline hilarious uh excuse me for everybody is listening to this i'm actually trying to drink tea to not cough <laughs> whatever but the man from toronto kevin smith's i mean kevin, not kevin smith's kevin uh hart's latest uh film starring woody harrelson and a host of others on the show if you've seen one kevin hart movie you've seen them all but this one this will have you the one thing i love about kevin hart well one is he's from philly 
that's one. Two is that he has this way. I feel like he he ad libs and he just ad libs a lot of the lines that he does and um just goes on his own sometimes. And I look at this and I'm looking at some of the performances and sometimes I'm wondering like how many takes did they have to do to get this right because they're laughing at Kevin Hart and the way he's performing some of the lies that he's doing. I, I, if anything, I would love to see the behind the scenes of this movie because I can tell I put money that Woody Harrelson and everybody around Kevin Hart was probably cracking the hell up while, uh, you know, watching him go through his lines because it's just hilarious. It is just borderline hilarious, man. Like Woody Harrelson in this was just awesome. Basically, the premise of this movie is that Kevin Hart is somewhat of an inventor and he wants to create a workout machine or whatever you know an invention a a patent project if you will that can probably get him more his 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 idea his well first of all his name is teddy jackson and his idea was non-boxing or teddy boxing or whatever like that which is like the the form of boxing without actually hitting anybody and it is hilarious and it just doesn't get off you know it doesn't get off the helm he got fired from his uh job at the gym because he basically the, the man basically you know it's just his marketing skills were just crap like he he made brochures for the uh owner of the gym but didn't add the address or the website or information on there so he was just bombing like crazy. Um, he wasn't getting too much, you know, traction from everything. And he has his, he has his wife that he wants to, you know, make proud. And she's, she's very supportive and proud of him, no matter what, just that he's keep going. And I love that every movie, I feel like a lot of his movies that he has, he gets fired from a job and then he has this really supporting wife that it, there seems to be a key pattern with his with this movies in that in that part but he has this deal where he's like the, he's the underdog dude and they go on a trip because he you know it's her birthday they want her to actually go he wanted to uh spend time with her and give her a great you know birthday weekend that he never was able to give to her he misses out on forgets to get the toner for some reason or something so he goes to this cabin to pick up the toner and lo and behold he goes to the wrong cabin it just happens to be the house of some really underground stuff going on and they think that he's the man from toronto who's just this interrogator pretty much he's like a torturer and that's where woody harrelson's character come in because he is the man from toronto they think that he's the man from toronto he actually you know he pretends that he's the man from toronto so he could not die and get killed or whatever like that and be in a situation so he tries to convince the guy to you know reveal the actual you know secrets that he had that he needed or whatever like that the fbi gets you know get into this they find him they find out that kevin hart's they think that you know the, the quirks and everybody think that kevin hart is the man from toronto so he has to portray him meanwhile woody harrelson as the man of toronto is searching for kevin hart because he's pretend he pretended to be him and this turns out to be a whole bunch of craziness that goes on from there Any, anything that you expect kevin hart to be it happened it happens and this was a such a funny movie kevin hart is kind of to me and I, people will probably argue this but he's kind of the modern day richard Pryor in terms of 
movies because Richard Pryor movies kind of played on like this too, where he was just always in these really crazy predicaments and stuff like that. He's never really the cool guy. He's always the guy who's always gotten himself into something in here. So I feel like Kevin Hart movies, not the, not his standup, but his movies plays on that same part. Now it's a more modern version of that because you know, Richard Pryor didn't have all the, you know, the modern day special effects and, and, and stuff that he, that Kevin Hart's been able to do. But I feel like there's some, you know, there's some similarities in the character developments of Kevin Hart and his still and stuff too. So and I'm sure he plays a little bit to that as well. But if you need a great laugh, go out of your way. If you can go on Netflix, um, go out of your way to check out man, the man uh, from Toronto. It is awesome. It is awesome and hilarious. And I got to go back to see if there's my, excuse me, behind the scenes of that as well. And also for anime fans too, especially old school anime fans, Spriggan is also out on Netflix as well. So, um, go anyway, check that out too. So, all right, my thoughts on Halo, the series, the, it's not critically acclaimed by any stretch, but it's more like the controversial Halo, the series, if you will, like people have, I've heard people that said more or less, they didn't like the series than did. And it was mostly because of people who basically were fan or hardcore fans of the series. And I watched this as a person who never really watched the show or never really watched. Um, I mean, never not watched the show, but never really played the actual uh, game before. Like I'm very familiar of the character who's not. It's like a crossover character, if you will. But I never actually know. I don't know deeply about the story. I don't know much about any of the, you know, mythology or lore of Halo uh, that has been out. But I watched it and I wanted I wanted to watch it as a person, as a casual, you know, viewer who a non fan, if you will, see if I'd like it just basically on a sci fi flick. And I got to say, as a casual viewer, as somebody who's never played the game before, I actually like what I saw. I like the show for what it was, but I also possibly understand why there were some outcry on the direction that they went with Master Chief, especially from the get go at the first episode, they revealed who he looked like in the beginning. So, you know, I know this was something that a lot of fans kind of turned their nose to because I don't if I, I I definitely could be wrong here, but I don't believe that Master Chief has ever been revealed on the game. He was always in the the suit. He was always in the armor suit for the most part. Um, I, if anything, if they revealed him, they probably revealed him later on, I believe. I'm not sure. But the fact that they showed Master Chief throughout all nine episodes Mostly was it, it really I can see why people were upset it, because it, the, the series kind of humanized Master Chief. He was just not a man in a suit. And for years, people were wondering, is he an actual man? Is he a you know, is he a robot? What is he? You know, there was always the mystery and lore about Master Chief. And this show pretty much just shut the door down from episode one. Like, no, I'm a man. 
But not only am I a man, but I'm a man that you're going to keep seeing throughout every single episode. And, you know, there, there was more of seeing Master Chief, who's played by Pablo uh, Schreiber, than it was seeing Master Chief in, in suit. Like, I mean, it wasn't a bad thing. I thought the pacing of the series was really good. I thought it, it kept me captivated for quite a while. And the story of what was going on. And I also heard the story kind of, you know, separated itself from the series a bit. There were some things that were shown and there were some things that were relating to the the actual uh, series. But I mean, let's be real, people. Let's be totally real. I don't understand why to this day. People get mad when they take away too much. And I, you know, I can, I can be called a hypocrite in this case because, you know, the mere mention of Venom and I'm going crazy, but you got to expect some form of change in terms of story, not character development. I, I think that's the difference why I am not particularly the biggest fan of the Venom series is because the Eddie Brock character was so good as a bad guy and they made him into sort of a hero an anti-hero at best in that car in that um, movie. He's the he was the baddest dude in Spider-Man universe and they made him a superhero. But here um, I know they made a lot of changes and then there's some, you know, uh, wink, wink moments, Easter egg moments, especially I, what I absolutely recognize is when um, Master Chief, they showed a scene where Master Chief took the helmet off and put his helmet next to his, uh, his leg, which is a homage to the infamous art. Um, there was a, there was an art, um, a, a picture of that in one of the Halo, uh, series where you see him holding his helmet. So I knew that was an homage to that. They also did it. They did it twice when I'm like, all right, don't, don't, you know, overdo it in this case but nonetheless i i actually like the series um for what it was i you know as a person not knowing what it was i think the series is pretty damn good i'm enjoying i've enjoyed it i know there were people who were not um they i did like the fact that they they paid no expense for this <laughs> they put in a huge budget for this man um i loved the special effects i loved all of that bokeem woodbine as soren uh 066 he's he was awesome like i've been a fan of bokeem woodbine since his first film and his direction of where he went i'm so happy that this brother his his career has gone in such a way that it, it didn't come off like he was typecasted for anything because his first deal his first film was like, um, was it a, I forgot what it was. It was like his first, let me try to try to find out his first deal. Yeah. His first movie was a movie called strap and it was kind of like your, your average, you know, ghetto around away type of movie that they put him in. He was dope in that movie. Then we saw him at Jason's lyrics. He was in Crooklyn. You know, and it, it's just started to feel like he his career was in all of these different typecast type of, you know, movies and all this stuff. Somehow, some way he got his ass out of those movies and started branching out and was able to branch out. That is not an easy thing for people to do, because once they once Hollywood finds you, 
in some form or way. They will keep you in there. He managed to get himself to be more diverse in his roles, but still be Bokeem Woodbine in a sense. And, and yo, first of all, his voice is dope and his performance and his aura, it, it just really, it really plays out. And, you know, he was able to do a lot of other great movies outside of the normal element. You know what I'm saying? And he's done some really awesome things. I just one about Black Dynamite. I got to say Black Dynamite. He was hilarious. And by the way, but, you know, we've seen him in other things. He and then he was been in, he's been embedded into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was the shocker in that as well. We saw him in the Wu-Tang series. Like you, you got to be in that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to be in the Wu-Tang uh, series as well. So he was shocker number two and all this stuff. But now we see him in here. And I could have sworn that he was in another uh, Halo related series as well too i i could have sworn i saw him i thought he was there too um you know there's a lot of great performances there i love kate kennedy in here as kai 125 um who became more aware of everything when she took out her um hormonal inhibitor or whatever as well too uh olive gray who played dr miranda keys you know her portrayal and you know she and how she was uh going up against dr halsey and everything and i Dr. Halsey, like trying to figure out who was the the real antagonist here, the, the real bad guy in here. It was kind of interesting. Also, Jen Taylor as um, Cortana, I thought was pretty cool, too. Um, she had a she had a really great funny moments as well, and, you know, that she would just slip in every once in a while. So I liked how things were going and leading up to that whole thing. But overall, like I, I as a person who is not really an xbox owner anymore but never was really a halo fan or not much of a halo fan as much as i'm not a first person shooter guy at the time it's somewhat still i actually liked the series i liked i really enjoyed the series it just what it did remind me or made me think it's like well damn now i want to see halo in a, as a third person uh action series that's what i want to see this series in. so i mean it just depends on who you are I, I I don't I don't blame the hardcore fans for thinking the way or feeling the way that they do about it because I get it I totally get it but I also like as a person like I said as a <laughs> as a fan excuse me as a fan of Venom I also get that there are going to be people who aren't familiar with Venom who will like Venom for what it is. So I get every aspect of it, but I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, this will get another series, another season or whatever like that. But two things. Will this get me to be a a urge to want to play Halo the game? No, I will at best watch the cutscenes on YouTube <laughs> rather than be able to play the uh, the FPS aspect of the game Two, will this get me to actually uh, subscribe to paramount plus nah because a lot of the things they got on there i could watch elsewhere you know i mean they have some exclusives but the exclusives on there is not enough to really warrant me to want to play i mean the only reason why i got into the trial is basically because i wanted to watch the beavs of butthead movie but also watch um the halo series and there's outside of that there's really nothing else that they have to offer that will appeal to me it's not saying that it won't appeal to anybody else uh, in there, but I looked at the list and everything. It's like, no, these are shows I already watch on normal TV. 
I can watch some of that stuff on Hulu. Like some of the stuff they have other streaming networks have is no exclusivity to it. So I just, you know, it's not enough, not enough yet. I, I got so many streaming apps to watch anyway, like just not that is, but I had to watch Beavis and Butthead and I had to check out Halo. And I was like, I'm going to watch Halo when all the episodes come in. And then I'm just going to find a time to do it. And when Beavis and Butthead came out, I was like, no, I'm jumping right in this. That way I can kill two birds and one stone here and check it out and actually see if I if I may be interested in watching, you know, checking it out. So we'll see. But nah, not yet. <laughs> um, let's move on to my thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series finale or season finale. I should say season finale. People are saying season finale, which means we actually may get another season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I won't go into much with this because it's nothing really to go into, but to talk about, but that epic final uh, battle between Vader and Obi-Wan, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. It was a great way to, you know, finish off a awesome six episode series. It was really up. They really helped, you know, we got a great show out of this. Um, we got a great battle out of this as well. I, I know there's a lot of people a lot of the Star Wars purists, if you will, that felt like they kind of dropped the ball on a certain thing. But as a person who don't know what that is and don't care, I like what I saw. I enjoyed what I saw. The battle was really awesome. I just love the fact that Jedi's and Sifts can actually beat themselves up and not get injured completely because <laughs> they were throwing, they were levitating and throwing projectile boulders at each other. And somehow they were both able to stay alive to some extent. But there was a really awesome part where, like, Obi-Wan, you know, defeated um, Vader and, you know, sliced his helmet open so we get to see the inside of Vader and hear both his respirator voice and his real voice. And that was a really awesome moment there. It was great to see that they, um, they got virtually everybody back from the uh the actual series but i thought the the final battle was just so well done and just i think it i think honestly it helped that one getting hayden christensen back to reprise his role as darth vader was just plain awesome getting him to wear the suit and all this stuff was just fantastic but also it helped to me piece together everything that we didn't like about the first two or maybe even three episodes um, it was really awesome. Ewan McGregor was great. Uh, Hayden Christensen was great. Uh, you know, Vivian Lynn Blair, who played uh, Le uh, Princess Leia. My man Song Kang, who was the fifth brother, a.k.a. Han from Fast and Furious, was dope here. Getting to hear James Earl Jones's voice was also great. Um, seeing other great, you know, fun characters like uh, Kamal Nanj uh, Nanjani from The Eternals was on here as well. Uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ice Cube's son, you know, who's really came into his own. And again, like Bohikin Wilpai is able to branch out and to do these awesome, you know, films or whatever. So I'm glad he's getting these opportunities as well. But Moses Ingram, of course, is Inquisitor Riva, who also was dope in this episode because she was we we found out that she was one of the younglings from the from episode three that Vader killed off, but didn't kill her for some reason. Um, she wound up working with him, but we find out that she was hunting him. And when she was trying to, she didn't, she underestimated the, uh, power of the dark side within him. And 
this was the part that was questionable. How was she able to stay alive? She got stabbed. We didn't see any stab marks within her suit. She was able to stay alive. So we saw that. And two, she went to go uh, seek revenge on Vader for not only killing her other youngling friends, but also, you know, when she was a child, but also stabbing her. But she went to go after Luke Skywalker. And she went over to the uncle and aunt that was taking care of her and all the stuff. They end up defending themselves using what it looks like an old Western rifle that shoots out lasers. I don't know. But um, it was, you know, they came to that conclusion. And when she was finally able to try to go after Luke and was about to kill Luke, she realized that she did not want to become what she hated the most and decided not to do that. Now, interesting is that if this is the season finale, will this be the last time that we see Inquisitor Riva? I think not. If they're doing another season, chances are we will see her again. And I'm all looking forward to her because I thought she did great much. And I, you notice that you notice that people, the hate for her and the, and the controversy for her died down immediately when it was exposed and put into light. And when Hugh McGregor put it in and every now, all of a sudden, it's not happening now. All of a sudden, like people kiss. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm just saying like it's people are just hating for the sake of hating. Her performance was nowhere near bad. She did not take anything away from the series. The series was actually really good. Screw everybody who thought otherwise, or there was just people who were just being racist. I'll, I'll say it. It, it, it really in the, in the rants and everything from it was was just clear from there. But great actual first season. If this is the first season, a great first season. I really enjoyed it. Um, again, these these uh, shows, these Star Wars shows on Disney Plus have reinvigorated my fandom for Star Wars. I'm, I, I will say I'm never going to be a Marvel will be my top as terms of like universes and everything. But Star Wars has always been a part of my life, but you know, not nearly as big as other people, but it's, it's now these shows have helped really are, they're awesome. This is just another one added. Um, Dave Filoni and, and, and Joe Fabro have saved this franchise undoubtedly. Okay. So, all right. Last thoughts I want to talk about is Miss Marvel. The last episode, this, this episode was so awesome. These, Oh my God, these episodes are so fantastic, man. I gotta tell you, this latest one was, it really picked up where uh, things left off. We last saw um, Light Bright, if you will, or Light Knight, if it says what they call her, uh, being chased away from by the um, damage control, only to be picked up by um, her somewhat boyfriend, I guess if you could call him that, uh, Cameron who uh, picked her up and lo and behold is the son of Namja, uh, of Najma, who uh, is the person that she saw light up in, uh, in that vision that she had last episode. So we start off with a flashback from India in 1942, where we see Namja and Aisha, uh, Aisha who I believe is the grandmother of Kamala search for the bangle that Kamala now owns. Kamala got acquainted with Namja and her family 
who were all in that timeline during the time of 1942 and the fact that they look exactly the same should bring some bit of concern <laughs> here for Kamala, which she did question. Um, so they all invited her to the house to get to know her. Bruno finally uh, tells Kamala in the midst of, oh, by the way, um, I should add that, you know, uh, Kamala has been told by Kam uh, Namja that she is what is called a jinn, which I believe in Pakistani culture it means ghost, if you will, or spook or whatever like that. So that's what they claiming that she was. And she went over to tell Bruno uh, the news and all the stuff. Bruno finally tells Kamala that he has been accepted to a college up that he chose. Uh, but he does. He was looking uh, to make sure that before he leave, that she was going to be OK, that she understands her powers and everything. Plus, He's, he's really in love with her anyway. So we have that situation. He doesn't want to get away from her without telling her how he feels. Damage Control is now in search of Kamala or Light Knight, if you will, which by the way, she hates as they are enter the mosque that, um, that they last seen her in to find out more about the whereabouts of the uh, hero of Jersey. Now, here's something interesting about Damage Control. Damage Control kind of seemed like in when in spider-man homecoming that they were going to be like the next i guess the next kind of uh shield but now they're coming off more like your 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 common police squad and that police squad that basically will stereotype you know everything and you know it, it's you know it's what we see now today with with the police damage control is becoming that so they're invading this mosque and assuming, you know, that, you know, it is that they're hiding her or whatnot. And they suspect, suspect that um, they know her because of her, you know, her color. That she, they, they know that she's a brown, you know, person of color and a brown person, if you will. So you're seeing traces of this. I may add that um, one of the, the, the main person in the, uh, in the damage control is... I believe it's uh, Alyssa um, Rayner who played in Orange is the New Black, if you will. Um, so she was, if I'm correct, she was the um, she was the warden. She was running for office and all that stuff in Orange is the New Black. So she's perfect for this role because she was a she was kind of a prick in that show and a really really big prick and kind of played the same characteristics too. So she's kind of perfect for this type of role. So we're we're gonna. She's going to be hated throughout this time and in this deal. So there were some really great moments, too, with this episode, uh, which included a Pakistani style wedding complete with an awesome dance um, number to honor Kamala's brother, who is marrying his uh, now wife in this series as well. I thought that was awesome. Every what I love about these episodes so far is that we're getting to see pieces of culture that a lot of us don't get privy to. Um, I have because, you know, I've been around, you know, Haitian families throughout my life. Um, I got friends in a Pakistani community, so I, I get to see a little bit of this. And it's such a beautiful thing. And getting a somebody, some a studio in the caliber of Marvel to really colorize the whole entire thing and make and really bring it to life to show the beauty of each culture is just such an awesome thing. I'm glad they're getting practically the same treatment that they gave to um, you know, Wakanda, if you will, 
and just making everybody feel important, making them matter, making them feel special, you know, and, and giving value to it. And that was the whole point of creating the Kamala Khan character and why she is a beloved character now for a lot of people now. So Kamala also had an issue because we found out that uh, we, we soon find out that Namja is not the person that we thought she was, that she's only there to make sure that um, they get the bangle from uh, Kamala so they can return home. But in doing so, they're going to hurt a lot of people. They're going to kill a lot of people. They may actually kill Kamala in the process. And her son, uh, Cameron, is not all in it. Like he was aware. He wasn't aware that he was aware that there was going to be danger for Kamala if she does. But he really does have feelings for her. And in turn, he is going off to warn Kamala at the wedding. While Kamala finds out, they uh, soon, you know, trouble soon comes at the wedding when Namja and her crew comes to seek uh, Kamala and the Bengal and will be willing to kill everybody in there if doing so. So Kamala had to think fast and pull a fire alarm, which uh, helped everybody evacuate the building. This led to an awesome fight sequence led by a classic John Bo uh, Bon Jovi hit, Living on a Prayer, which another thing that this um, this series has done so far is beautifully celebrated the spirit of New Jersey, and that was Bon Jovi. Because Bon Jovi's from New Jersey, everybody loves Bon Jovi, especially in New Jersey. So, you know, you, there's a lot of Bon Jovi references and, and, and uh, shout outs to this, you know, to the, you know, um, Kamala's mom, <laughs> excuse me excuse me kamala's mom in the uh first two episodes her mom and her father said that they they kind of met based on a bon jo i think at a bon jovi concert or based on a song that they did with bon jo uh, fr that they uh liked from bon jovi and the albums and everything and they questioned um her brother's um fiance at the time you know are you a fan of bon jovi you know, which again, also, I want to point out that they're not just showing in this series. And I thought this was very well thought out. They're not only showing Muslims that are Pakistani, they're showing different variety of Muslims of different ethnicities because her brother's wife is black. She is African-American, but she is, you know, in the she is a of uh, the Muslim culture and in the religion so she studies that and her family was there at the wedding too it was beautiful it was a beautiful scene to see not only pakistani uh you know wedding there but also you know you have the mother and father who are african-american and black and they're all celebrating together in a great way this was beautiful because you know people forget that like in, in, in my community there's a there's a huge muslim uh aspect in our in our community especially in the 90s like it was amazing like when when 9-11 happened we all you saw on tv when 9-11 happened was you know pakistani muslims or other muslims from other you know cultures and it just started creating this form how about y'all forgot for like ages especially here in philadelphia like we got a whole community a Muslim community in our neighborhood, like just a few blocks away from me, we got a whole Muslim community of different variety of ethnicities. So it was really weird just that, you know, of course it's media, they're gonna narrate 
you know, the direction that they, that you see sometimes. And that's the part that really pisses me off. Um, but in this, you saw a variety of different people, you know, engaging in the culture of, in, in the religion of, um, the Muslim religion, which is, you know, this is a whole nother, you know, aspect of the United States. This is a whole nother aspect of, you know, America. This is why, this is what America is all about, you know, embracing, you know, the embracing and celebrating each other's culture. And that's what I think that this show does so great. So we got that situation and, um, it, we got Namja who almost got her hands on the bangle when once again, the bangle lit up and showed another vision this time of a train with the name of the place. I forgot the name of the place that they were heading, but we also see Kamala, um, Kamala's best friend, Nakia, um, who discovers that Kamala is the person that is the nightlight, um, or the, or the light night, uh, character that they've been seeing. And she looks a bit upset and finding out, and it's going to be interesting to see in the next episode, how she's going to really react and how she's going to accept, or if she's going to accept her as this or whatever like that. But Kamala returns home to an upset family who learned that she pulled the fire alarm she refused to let her um parents know or let the family know why she did it or who those people were that were in the wedding crashing the wedding as she returns to her room she gets a call from her aunt now this is the aunt that she called to try to get answers from before and her aunt tells her that she also saw the vision of the train and she needs to come visit her immediately and bring whoever else with her and that's how the uh, episode ends this show is really living up to his expectation. I'm still, we got three episodes left and I'm still saying sooner or later, we're going to see Captain Marvel rather in a, I guarantee if not in the series itself, but in a, in a credit scene, in an end credit scene, you have to, you just absolutely have to. Brie Olsen needs to make her appearance on here. It just has to happen. Um, so very much looking forward to that. And, uh, that is, that'll do it, folks. That will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We are going to take a break, come back, and I will review Beavis and Butthead do the universe. You got to find out whether this show that was around during 1998 still stands in today's society. It's today's cancel culture society. We'll talk, we'll find out and talk about that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Bob Camp, co-creator of The Ren Show, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week as I review 
Beavis and Butthead do the universe on Paramount Plus right now. And my biggest intrigue for this, because I've been a big Beavis and Butthead fan since the 90s. And, you know, I'm a 90s guy. I'm a Gen X guy. So it's like this appealed to me and also intrigued me because I wanted to see how this group of characters from the 90s was going to be able to be relevant in this time. Not to mention without being too controversial on today's standards, because the things that you saw on that series when that series aired and why it was so popular was because of the lewdness and crudeness of the show and what they were doing. It's like the things that they were doing, they had to do warnings and disclaimers telling people not to do this or imitate the things that are happening on the show. And some of the controversial things that they say, because these are two idiot kids from Generation X from the 90s that were doing nothing but staying home, watching videos on TV when videos was a thing and just going out to their world in Texas. I forgot that they lived in Texas, uh, by the way, Highland, Texas, of all places. And they were just, you know, running amok in that area, in their town. So how is this going to work in today's standards? Where, how are they going to be able to do it? And well, the clever thing that I thought Mike Judge did here was to use the element of time travel to play a factor on how they will be able to assimilate into today. So basically the storyline here is that these two were in their high school during a science fair to do a science project and Beavis or Butthead created a device that will allow him to kick Beavis in the nuts so hard that it will make him fly. And it worked. So not only did it work, but Beavis flew out into the auditorium, destroyed one of the other projects, which caused a chain reaction of things that had happened in the high school and the whole entire high school ended up catching fire to this point. These two ended up in court where the judge apparently decided to give them some form of sentence that allowed them to learn more about space camp. The thing that I love about this show is that you got these two morons on here that are constantly messing up things in reality and was for some reason the people around them that are supposed to be smart and insane and insane don't seem to understand that these guys are just morons. They assume that these guys are intelligent, that they are, you know, cognitive at some point and, and, and in tune with everything that's going on. And then later on, when they start to realize that things are messing up, like these guys are idiots. This always happens. And this is one of the things that made this show so great. So they go to the space camp and for some reason they felt they came across this machine that basically allowed them to, um, let's just say, uh, enter this, I guess, rocket or space module into this hole or whatever like that to assume some form of sexual act. And it excited Beavis so much and butthead so much that they were doing it for 18 hours. <laughs> and the people at NASA saw this and they wanted up and they ended up, you know, wanting them to be a part of the project. One in particular who really saw potential in them was Serena Ryan, played by uh, Andrea Savage. You may have seen her in Veep and Step Brothers and um, episodes and a whole bunch of other shows out there. She 
saw something in those two thinking that they were more dedicated when all along they were just you know hormonal teens <laughs> during the thing but they didn't see that so they just saw the dedication that they were putting in for 18 hours straight without even eating or whatever like that <laughs> so they acquired them to travel to space to you know work this project soon that they learned that that wasn't the best idea in the world and turns out that they not only messed up things in space but they messed up possibly the lives of the astronauts that were in there and they had to sacrifice there was five there were seven people including beavis and butthead in there that in order to live and survive they had to sacrifice two out of the five people and they're like okay you know where this is going serena decided that she wanted to sacrifice herself because she's the captain of the team and she was really still doesn't understand that these guys are morons and they actually got only came because they thought that they were going to have a chance to have sex with her lo and behold <laughs> she gives them a or like a memento a family memento of them because she's about to sacrifice herself she's taking one for the team you know she's gone so these idiots of course thinks it's something else that this is their way of you know her giving her her grandmother's bracelet or whatever like that was definitely a way into having sex with her she they end up going out in space wearing this how they were smart enough to put on the suits to go out into space is beyond me but that's a evolution of character development in my case in my opinion and they winded up she wind up um you know getting pissed off at them because like they're out of space they're doing what she was going to do and then on top of that butthead lost the grandmother's bracelet in space and then at that point in time she's like you know what i protected them enough screw them i'm going to do away from them. so she used one of the um one of these space hooks i guess or whatever you call that to smack them out into space killing supposedly killing beavis and butthead and they ended up coming back she ended up staying and they all of them managed to return back to uh back to you know to earth safe and sound without those two and then just saying that those two sacrificed themselves for the sake of the crew what had happened is that beavis and butthead somehow somehow still had enough oxygen left but kind of got into a black hole which they thought was a butthole of course because it's beavis and butthead and a black hole sucked them in into the future and they end up time traveling to 2022 this is how these two are not only still young but still remaining somewhat relevant but not understanding the modern day technology and world that we live in now there were no smartphones in 1998 there were, there were no social media in 1998 and now they're going to have to figure out everything that's going to happen from there and still try to find serena they find out that serena is not only still alive but she's now running for office or she's the senator or whatnot or running for senator in in texas and now they're going to search for her to reclaim what they were what they think that they were owed from there she finds out that they're still alive and she's going to try to take them out because finding out that they're still alive will reveal that she tried to kill them off or at least she thinks so because she doesn't realize that they don't know that they you know that you know what she did in the midst of all this we get two 
out of this world intelligent versions of Beavis and Butthead that is dressed up like the Watchers <laughs> from Marvel Comics in, in Marvel's What If recently. They're dressed up like them. And it was funny because they did make reference to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all this stuff during this process, but they recognize themselves as smart Beavis and smart Butthead, which they are somewhat more intelligent than those two. But every once in a while you find, you see how they're kind of idiots themselves. So they appear every once in a while to give warning to be to, you know, Beavis and Butthead that they have to find the way back to their, you know, to their actual place or whatnot. And it, it just, it's uh, somehow, some way they managed to make this work how they were able to use smartphones and how they found out that, you know, they took somebody, they took a family smartphone who apparently died at sea thanks to them. And they, but their smartphone was still remaining and they found out that you can use smartphones to pay for anything. So they used a smartphone for everything. They use this guy's account who probably is no longer alive. You know, again, meanwhile, um, you know, you got Serena, and a whole host of others trying to find Beavis and Butthead. This, I mean, overall, like the whole entire film is just hilarious. If you watch Beavis and Butthead back in the day, or even King of the Hill, or if you've been a fan of Mike Judge, who is just absolutely awesome, he managed to make a relevant Beavis and Butthead film, make it relatable to what's going on today, still make these guys idiots still and, and not go too far <coughs> excuse me and not go insanely far with it to a point that like people are going to be you know tweeting and hating everything about it he made it still kind of, you know funny and safe but hilarious it, it, it's just brilliantly done it just makes you understand why mike judge has lasted this long why people love king of the uh, hill and people love beavis and butthead and anything that he's done prior to the guy's just amazing. Um, this, I, I, I wondered how this was going to gel in today's standards. It, it did in such a way. And guys, remember, this is the guy who created Office Space. So do you have any doubt in your mind that this wasn't going to work? Mike Judge is like, is the truth. Okay. <laughs> so um, if any reason to check out Paramount Plus, it will be absolutely to possibly just watch this. You know, if you own Paramount Plus, if you're on a subscription to Paramount Plus, I should say, definitely go out of your way to check out this film. It is hilarious. It is really funny. And it definitely takes your mind away from a lot of what's going on today. Um, if you want to subscribe just to see this, I'd say it's definitely worth getting into. Um, whether the rest of it, it is, whether the rest of it is worth it, that's up to you. That's, it's, it's, basically up to you in this case. Um, so I would definitely go say, I would definitely say it is at least this movie alone was worth a try. So, um, terms of grade for this, I'll give this a B plus. I'll give this a B plus. I thought it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but you know, it was really well done. It was really well, well written. The jokes were hilarious. It wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. It was just right. And uh, I thought they did a great job. So go out of your way, check out Beavis and Butthead, Do the Universe. Just absolutely plain awesome there. So folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope I was able to take your mind off for at least an hour or so 
of everything that's going on. Find your peace, whatever you can, because there's a lot going on in this world right now. And uh, we want all of you to be healthy and well and liberated. So please do so find your way and uh, we'll keep fighting a good fight from there. As for the show next Oh, well, this week on uh, Select Start, I will be talking about and giving my thoughts and review of Dynasty, uh, not Dynasty Warrior, my God, Fire Emblem Warriors, um, Three Hopes. Uh, that's out. I'm playing it now. Uh, very deep, deep game. And um, give you my thoughts there as well as other news, which, by the way, today is this Monday the 27th, as I mentioned last time about the Marvel Avengers situation. Um Marvel Avengers is, will have their war table today to talk about what will to, uh, the things to come with the um, Jane Foster Thor up, uh, DLC coming soon. So, you know, you definitely want to stay tuned for that uh, if you haven't already. If you're just now listening to this at a later time, you know, go out of your way, check it out. This is about the time to buy that game. They've gotten to a point where this game is solid and playable enough to play, and it's reasonably priced too. So, you go out of way and check that out and we'll have other news going on as well uh in the coming days with news and everything next week i have no idea what's going on in terms of what i'm going to be talking about reviewing we got a lot of things going up i know the next week uh thor love and thunder will be uh coming out so i'll definitely have a review for that and we'll be talking about that and more so stay tuned for that if you love this episode and every episode of talk time live you can check us out at TalkTimeLive.com, our official website with all of our audio and video episodes on there. Um, We have a blog page full of content there that you might be interested in, maybe some items that you may want to check out, some things that I've reviewed, unboxed, and places I've been to. So you definitely want to go out of your way, check out there, and more. Uh, If you want to subscribe and download to your favorite podcast platform, we are everywhere where podcasts are played, especially major podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, you name it, yada, yada, yada. Shout out to my people in Tumblr and many more. So folks, thanks again. And I wish you the best in health and wellness and just peace. So with that said, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and have a great and safe week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.